Welcome to the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we dive into faith, work, and fulfillment. I'm your host, Isaac Hong. Today, we have Vanessa Liu, a former techie, startup founder, and current trainer at Equinox. This is going to be a powerful episode, so thanks for tuning in. Hey, Saints. Welcome back to episode three of the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we dive into faith, work, and fulfillment. Today, we have past techie trainer at Equinox extraordinaire, Vanessa Liu. So, Vanessa, people don't really like me talking. They want the guests to talk. So could you do a short self-intro of yourself? Yes, of course. Hello, Saints. Okay, so I'm Vanessa. I'm based in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm currently a trainer at Equinox in San Francisco. And I'm also, yes, SF. And I'm also starting a, I'll call it a business or, yeah, I'll call it a business online fitness program called Project Hitch, which I'll talk about later. Um, Fun fact about me, I am a career changer. So before I got started in fitness, I worked in software sales at a company called MuleSoft. And I was there for a few years doing what you imagine young 20-somethings to do right out of college in sales, which is all the lead generation, all the cold calling, all the cold emailing stuff before I decided to quit and pursue fitness as my passion. So that's a little awesome. bit about me. Awesome. So so we can add the plug for Project Hitch towards the end of the podcast as well. But um, if you wanted, yeah, how, how would um, the listeners, the saints, be able to find you for Project uh, Hitched or Hitch, I should say, sorry. Yes. So first I'll say, first I'll say Project Hitch is a temporary name. It is not our business name. I'm still Got trying it. to think of one. Um, but so first find me at my personal Instagram at Vanessa V Lou V A N E S S A V L I U. And you'll find some more information there. Cool. Awesome. So everyone got that go on Instagram at Vanessa V Lou and you'll find out more information about project hitch, which is, which is the temporary name. Um, temporary name. Awesome. So we're going to start off with an icebreaker. Um, and our icebreaker question today is, if you could take a bath in any food, what oh would gosh. it be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I feel like as a trainer, I feel like I have to say like a healthy food. But the first thing that came to mind was mac and cheese. So I'm going to oh. say mac and cheese. It, it, it is kind of a comfort food for me. Okay. I'm sort of imagining being in like a bubble bath of mac and cheese right now. And it's very sticky <laughs> and cheesy, but I'm going to say mac and cheese. Got it. And what yeah. temperature with, with, with the mac and cheese, but you can't oh, be gosh. too hot. It can't be, be too hot. It would yeah. be, yeah, it can't be too cold because then the cheese would like solidify into yeah. like, <laughs> so I'm going to say warm, warm. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Wow. Wow, taking a bath in mac and cheese. To be honest, I think I think that's possible. I think it's like it within someone's too. financial budget to 
buy yeah. a bunch of mac and cheese. And- I feel like you could do it easily with Easy Mac because it's just like <laughs> cheese powder and like small noodles. Yeah, oh my and gosh. hot and hot water in a bathtub. He's saying so if someone wants to do it <laughs> and send me a video of you doing that, yes. taking a bath in a mac and cheese, lukewarm or warm, then please make sure to send that video to uh, Saints of SF. Yes, I would love to see that too. <laughs> awesome. So, so you mentioned that you were in uh, software sales originally. So how did you end up in tech and then what did you learn by being in tech? Yeah. So first I'll say that my background, when I say background, I'm thinking like back in college, what everyone studies, right? And I was a public health and nutrition major. I did Cal sports medicine. I did physical therapy. I worked with the football team. I did nutrition stuff. And so I thought that was going to be my journey after college. I thought I was going to go into dietetics and become a dietitian. Yeah. Um, When I actually worked in that, it wasn't what I thought it would be. Uh, dietetics back then was, I say back then, like I'm that old, I'm not that old. But <laughs> back then, um, in, in 20, 2012, 2013-ish, it was a lot of hospital nutrition. And so you're treating a lot of different conditions. It was also very focused on like the science of nutrition, like what's healthier, a carrot or an apple. Mm. Um, but now I know um, that what's more important our behaviors and habits, which we'll get into in a bit. And so eventually decided to transition to what all my friends were doing in our early 20s, which was working in (laughs) tech, working in San Francisco. And I went to Berkeley. And so I've been in the Bay Area. um, And that's what everyone was doing. They were working in San Francisco and ended up getting a job in software sales, in sales development. and that was where it all started. I mean, I, I view my, that tech job as like, I wouldn't be where I am now and I wouldn't be as good of a trainer as I am without having worked in software sales. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so could you go a little bit deeper on that? Like what are um, certain things that you've learned, either hard skills or soft skills that um, kind of reared you in a way to to be who you are today? Yeah, it was a ton of soft skills. And so for those of you who are listening, if you've got cousins, if you've got siblings who want to, who are wondering what they're going to do right after college, I highly suggest software sales. It is a grind. <laughs> it is hard. But the soft skills that you learn are like tremendously valuable. So for example, like learning how to manage your emotions, learning how to deal with rejection, learning how to stay organized, like all of those soft Mm. skills that you don't really learn in college translate over to just like good life skills. Mm. Um, In sales, like learning how to manage a pipeline is sort of like learning how to manage like your client roster in training, Mm. learning how to build your business as a personal trainer is like learning how to manage your emotions and wow. not feel rejected or not feel discouraged. And so highly recommend going into software sales for those soft skills. Wow. So for our listeners out there, the young ones who want to go into software sales, um, could you give them some tips and pointers about um, interviewing or, you know, high level what um, they're looking for in terms of uh, sales development reps? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. If it's been so long, I'm like like (laughs) racking my brain trying to like, remember, I remember, um, the most important thing, at least Mealsoft looked for was people who were able to take ownership of, of something that they did. I think a big thing in sales is knowing that you can take initiative, knowing that you Mm. have ownership over something. And so that would be my advice for all of you saints who are looking to get into software sales. Um, You know, something that shows that you can take initiative, that you've taken ownership of something is really, really valuable. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Well, you heard it here first saints with a veteran uh, in the game. Um, so, so you mentioned dietetics. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. And you're big into sports medicine at Berkeley. Um, so, so how and why did you make the jump um, into personal fitness? Um, and how's that been for you? Yeah. Gosh, where do I start? Okay. So, <laughs> so, um, I'll say the short answer is while I was working in sales, um, towards the end of my time there, I found myself just being a lot more consumed with fitness during the day. I remember Mm -hmm. I was, I had a group of friends um, at that time and they were like my guinea big group. And I was supporting them in eating healthier in working out in losing weight. And it was, I mean, it's, was very, very, um, it, not what it, what I'm doing now, but <laughs> something fun for friends. And I just distinctly remember I would be like on a call or I'd be like doing some research or I'd be in Salesforce, but I would be like talking to my friends at the same time. I would be like reading articles. I would be doing like fitness related stuff. And I'd be like, Oh my God, I just spent my entire work day doing fitness stuff. And <laughs> something just doesn't, something just doesn't feel right here. And yeah. I think that was an indicator to me that like this was becoming a bigger and bigger, I say it was always a passion, but it was like, now it was like that passion was burning even more. Sure. sure. Um, and I knew like that was a clear sign to me to start making that transition. Oh man. So how was that transition for you? Because you, you know, you had that, a background in Berkeley, which I'm sure helped immensely, but it's a pretty big jump uh, to go yeah. from tech sales into um, health uh, and personal fitness. So what was that transition like? How'd you, how'd you accomplish that? Yeah. Um, well, oh gosh. So I remember, so here's what I'll say. I, I think when I transitioned from like a very good sales job to starting bare bones as a, at this time as fitness instructor, it was much easier than I thought it would be. And Mm. I think people were surprised because Mealsoft, we had just gone public, like, like business was looking great. Like job was stable. And then suddenly I wanted to quit and make zero dollars with <laughs> nothing with nothing um, in the pipeline. I, on the day I quit, like I didn't, I had nothing lined up. I knew I was wow. going to have to apply to a bunch of jobs and get a job as a fitness instructor or something. And Jeez. I will say, um, what really 
what really helped um, was what really drove me was this passion for fitness, for self-care, for taking care of yourself. So, so I'll backtrack a little bit and say during that period of time, I had gone through a really, really tough breakup and it was a five-year relationship that ended. And it was during this time that I immersed myself in my faith and in my church. And Mm. there were so many habits, behaviors, and rituals that were created out of that season that, that were about faith, whether it was prayer, quiet times, whether it was working out, whether it was eating healthy. And because I felt so good from from doing all of those behaviors yeah it really led me to believe like oh my gosh like fitness and health has the power to transform your life whether it means like physically or emotionally by giving you the confidence to know that you actually accomplished something wow so yeah oh my gosh i think what stands out for me there um and and you know um, Daniel, who was on episode one of the podcast, kind of did a similar thing of leaving his cushy job in VC and saying, look, I'm going to make zero money or negative money being my yeah. own founder, but I'm going to do it because I have this intense desire to build. And I think that like with your background, you knew through your experiences that like you have to chase after your passions um, and it's grounded in something that's more than just about making money at a nine to five or a nine to seven or whatever it is. And you're like, you know what? Like, even if I'm leaving a good thing and I don't really have anything in the pipeline, I'm just going to go for it because I believe in it so much. Um, totally. So that's, man, like I resonate with that. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just yeah. talking about that. I'm a weirdo, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. so, so what has that journey been like for you? Um, being in fitness and eventually ep- ending up at, um, you know, the apex of personal fitness <laughs> equinox, you know, cream of the crop trainers, training very high net worth individuals. So what has that experience been like for you? Yeah, it has been, oh man, it has been such a wild ride. It has, su- it has been such a wild ride and I never would have thought I would end up at Equinox. What's crazy is back in like 2011, 2012, I distinctly remember I was driving with that ex-boyfriend down to Southern California and mm-hmm. we were having a conversation. Like if I could do anything I wanted to do, what would it be? And I was like, I would love to be teaching classes at Equinox. Wow. And what's crazy <laughs> is then like, like years later, I, I'm not teaching classes because now I want to be a personal trainer, but yeah. now I am at Equinox and I look at moments like that. And you know, when you have those moments and you look back and you see where all the pieces fit and you see where God has been faithful in your life. And like, yes, yes, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So I will say that, um, the journey to, to 
Equinox has been great. The journey to now building something on my own has also been scary and great, but I think I'm reminded of my passion for fitness and what I've gotten out of fitness that really drives me. And I'll give you um, an example. I'll tie it back to the Bible and (laughs) let's, let's hope I don't mess this up. So if our pastor, Pastor Mickey, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I do, but um, there was, there's a passage in the Bible that I always think about and it's in first Kings 19, first Kings 19, where Elijah, the prophet goes against these 450 prophets of Baal and Baal is this false God. And he has this showdown with them. And he basically like challenges them to prepare an offering. And he says like, okay, like we'll see who the real God is. Um, whoever's God can light the fire for this offering is the one true God. Mm-hmm. And then um, the, the prophets of Baal go first and they try all these things. They're like shouting it. Like at one point it like the Bible says they even like cut themselves <laughs> and nothing happens. And then Elijah comes over and he prays to God and God lights the fire. And yeah. it's like, Oh my gosh, like, like your God is the real God, like all of that. Um, what like a moment, like crazy, crazy moment. I feel like there's a sermon I was listening to about this passage and the pastor said, this is the equivalent equivalent of like winning the Super Bowl. Like Elijah <laughs> who just like, like one upped all these prophets. And, um, and then like, I think the next, so that's the context. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is that Jezebel, who I believe is married to King Ahab, tells Elijah, um, basically hears that Elijah had uh, one-upped all these prophets and had them killed, threatens to kill Jezebel, threatens to kill Elijah himself. And Elijah runs away and he goes into like, I think the forest and he like, praise God, he's, he's just like, take my life. And I resonate so much with Elijah because I think in my darkest moments, like when I was still working in sales, when I went through that breakup, like that's the devastation and that's the hopelessness that I felt. Mm. But what happens in the story is that God um, sends an angel and brings him food and like, he like first Elijah like falls asleep and then he wakes up and the angels like get up, like here's have some food. And he goes back, takes a nap again. And then like he eats again. Um, And I just, the point that I'm trying to make is that for me, that's a reminder that we are physical beings we're physical Mm. creatures. And so much of the time, like it's so easy to jump to saying like, like when you're going through tough times, like, did you pray about it? Did you like plead the blood? Like, did you like do all these like very Christian-y spiritual like disciplines? Yeah, yeah. But yet like (laughs) in this story, God sends an angel to like feed Elijah to like give him rest. And I am like, oh my gosh, like the way we take care of our bodies through food, through rest and through fitness, although it's not in this passage, is so important to our well-being. And so... I just always remember that pas- that like passage is something that drives me 
because it's like evidence that like, like God cares that we are physical creatures mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, like that is something that should be taken care of. Wow. So all this to say that is like a snapshot into, into how my faith and how stories in the Bible connect back to my passion for fitness. Wow. Wow. So, so you have this background from college at Berkeley, you have this passion that you've kind of, it was like a seed growing within yourself where you would spend a lot of time with it. And then you find these things in the Bible, golden nuggets that talk about the importance of not only your mental and your spiritual, but that you yeah. are, you have this physical vessel that's connected to all of the things in your life. Totally. And then you tie it back to, you know, the, the habits and the behaviors that were formed for the better or for the worse through the struggles you were having while it was at um, your time at MuleSoft and also the breakup of your five-year relationship. And it just like all comes together. And then you're yeah. at the cream of the crop where you're at Equinox and there's Kiehl's products and eucalyptus <laughs> towels. Eucalyptus styles. Can't forget the eucalyptus styles. Oh my God. That's, that, that's wonderful. And then now all that accumulates the, the knowledge, the understandings, the theological underpinnings, and then you're launching Project Hitch. So could you talk Project to Hitch. us a little bit yeah. about Project Hitch? Like, uh, how was that even an, adapt, uh, an idea? Like, how was that created? And then what are you doing now to execute? And, and what, what's, it, what's your dreams and goals moving forward with, with uh, Project Hitch? Yes. Okay. So... First, I'll say that you are catching me very early on, kind of early on, but not very <laughs> early on in yep. Project Hitch, where we still have a lot of unknowns. Um, but Project Hitch is going to be an online health and fitness program geared towards sustainable habits and lifelong results. Mm. And we we really want to drive that home that drive like drive those points home the sustainability piece and right. the lifelong results piece right. and that came about because um my my um I'll, i i was just thinking my i'll call her my business partner grace yeah. and i um shout out she, to grace by the way <laughs> that, shout out to grace by the way um she initially you know, we had known each other and one day she had reached out saying that like, I just really need help with fitness. I know you're a trainer. Can we just talk? And so mm. she comes over to my apartment. We eat Chipotle <laughs> nice. and yes, Chipotle. And she just had started telling me about what was going on with her. And I had like this post-it easel pad and I basically started like whiteboarding every I got like got a sharpie and I started like whiteboarding everything she was telling me and she was just like oh my gosh like I've haven't thought about things this way I can't believe that like she she was just really surprised that like I took the time to really listen to everything she was saying and then mapped it out on this like easel pad and Grace is a product manager. And so that was something that really resonated with her being able to like break down concepts and start making suggestions. And yeah. she had just said she felt like 
I truly cared and that I truly invested in her. And Mm. she's like, people need to like know this stuff. Like there are a lot of myths that you demystified. Um, I didn't really think too much about sustainability. I know that's something that we need. Like I know behaviors are it, but like, I just don't know where to start. And so Grace and I decided to partner together and start this online fitness program. And so right now it's still a pilot program. We do mm-hmm. have 10 girls in it who are going through the program, which, oh my gosh, I am so, I just thank God for, because we have no website. We don't even have a real name. We have no marketing, but yet we got 10 girls to pay for us for this pilot program. So wow. I'm really happy about that. Um, it is still in the works. Uh, we hope to launch soon with no timeline yet, but if you follow me, uh, you will stay up to date on all the updates. And so that's project hitch. Awesome, man. That's, that's amazing. I I remember when I was uh, talking with grace and you know how both of you guys got involved together and she kind of brought up this idea to you. And I remember her saying like, I've never felt this way with a personal trainer before, like the level of passion and expertise and creativity that you had, it, it was, um, extraordinary. Um, and she mentioned how not only knowledgeable you were, but she really, she felt this thing from you where you believed in what you're doing, the importance of it, but more so you focus on the client and you kind of imparted your passion for, um, fitness, for sustainability, well-being, um, and you really walk the walk. And I think that really impressed her and, and, and knew that you had this entrepreneurial spirit, um, passion, expertise all in one. Um, and it was just exciting to hear how she was inspired just by you, just, you know, walking her through the steps. Um, and then it became into this thing. And now you have a pilot program and you have 10 girls who are paying for it, even without marketing or anything like that. And it's just, I don't know. It's just really inspiring for me to hear um, and starting this podcast too. And who knows, maybe I might just be reaching out to like five listeners within um, 99, but I think stories like yours is just um, incredible. And I think that um, it's, it's something that should be heard. Um, And, you know, I encourage you to just go full out with it. And I, I can't wait for us uh, you know, myself and the saints to uh, constantly be updated in your successes as well as your failures. So um, yeah. that's amazing. Where, I mean, it's too early to say, um, but right now, if you're thinking about long-term goals or dreams for Project Hitch, what kind of vision um, do you have for it? Gosh, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it's too early to tell. Um, I think what I'm seeing so far is there in fitness, in health, there are so many quick fixes. There are seven day slim downs. There are four week abs. There are extreme approaches like keto, cutting out sugar, gluten for 30 days. Um, But none of that is really sustainable. And there's Mm -hmm. this idea that fitness and health has to be like you have to suffer 
for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there's yeah, this yeah. idea. Everyone thinks like it has to be. Oh my god! Like I'm gonna cut out sugar for 30 days and <laughs> I'm gonna suffer in order to do this. Right. Um, but I've seen that it doesn't work in the long run. And what I've mm. been saying is that feeling successful and feeling good about yourself in what you're doing really is what's going to change you for the long term. Mm. And so, so when I think about the future, when I think about vision, I really want it to be focused on skill development just because everyone knows they should work out more. They should eat more, you yeah. know, yeah. like, yes, there are some myths that we believe that I probably have to debunk, but for the most part, like people have the knowledge that information alone doesn't change. And so mm. just because you know these things doesn't mean yeah. you have the skills to actually apply it to your life and to change your life. So I really want to focus on a skill development aspect of it. And I yeah. really want to focus on behavior design and habits. Um, wow. Because again, wow. like information alone isn't it. Like we both know what we should be doing. Why aren't we doing it? And that's right, the question right. that I really want to really want to ask. Um, and I'll say, I'll also add that um, when I think about how my faith relates back to Project Hitch, so so I'll say one of the hardest things for me when I became a trainer was I always felt like I was too nice. Like, I, <laughs> I would say I'm a pretty nice, like, peppy person. Yeah. But... I remember I would just, I would compare myself to other trainers at Equinox and I'd be like, gosh, my voice is so high. Oh my gosh, I smile too much. Like <laughs> I have to be a little bit more, you know, like when you think of trainers, you think of like boot camp instructors, you think trainers are like really intense and intimidating, things like that. And I just felt like I try to be more approachable, but yet there's something that doesn't you know, there's kind of like, right, right, right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, but I had a couple of clients who had written me, I had a couple of clients who were moving away and they mm -hmm. had given me gifts. They had written like um, testimonials and reveals reviews to my manager. And all three of them said that one of the things that stuck up out about me was um, kindness. Mm. And, and I don't say that to like, as like a humble brag, but right. I say that because like, as believers, like that is an attribute that we are called to live, yeah. to yeah. be kind. And, and, um, and like, when I think about like, what was hard at Equinox, it was like being kind, but yet like, that is what we are called to be in. So that's something I'm very proud of. And, and connecting that back to Project Hitch. So when I think about kindness, when I think about love, like what does it mean to be kind to clients, to love on clients? And it, I think it's really about like helping them take ownership so they can become the captain of their own fitness ship. Wow. And it's that empowerment piece. It's, it, I, I guess in a way it's saying like, can a client work out by themselves without me? Which is kind of weird mm -hmm. to say as a trainer because I get right. paid when a client like <laughs> does a session with me. But now I'm saying like, no, I want you to do stuff on your own. But wow. I'm thinking like that is like kind of an 
act of kindness or an act of love to build someone up so they can go off and do something by themselves. And so wow. all this to say, when I think about my vision for Project Hitch, that's kind of what I'm envisioning, like building someone who is capable of change and building someone who who's capable of doing stuff on their own, kind of act, wow. as an act of love, as an act of kindness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, and oh man, it was so good to hear what you just said, because in any other situation, you would think that if you're competing in the marketplace, you're like, Sure, use the fads, use whatever it takes to get these clients continually coming back to you to rely yeah. on your services, to rely on your consulting, to rely on you know the second source of accountability. But instead you're saying, hey, I'm coming from a place of love and kindness. The, the whole goal is for someone to be self-propelled, self-motivated and self-sustaining. So they yeah. wouldn't need Project Hitch to get them to love themselves and you're showering them with kindness and love and, and giving them the ability to empower them and, and create opportunities and ways for them to continue on their fitness path without needing you. And I think, yeah. oh my goodness, that's amazing because I think that like it's so pure and your mission statement and your goal is so client focused that like, that's what's going to set you apart from the competition is you're not trying to create this, you know, continually running hamster wheels. So your ARR goes up or yeah. you know, your recurring revenue ARR goes up. Sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's actually about helping the people because theologically we're supposed to love on people and be kind. So you're kind of giving servicing them that way and of course getting paid for it as you should but there's a lot of purity and a lot of passion behind that and you know the things that sparked those three clients that left a review for you is i think going to be the main like the key point the key seller for for project hitch so yeah. oh my gosh that's I mean, you yeah. summed it up perfectly do you want to write our marketing copy like that is, <laughs> that's, yeah I mean, you hit it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, that's something that I think about daily as well is being Christian and living out these values of what it means. You know, people talk about the whole thing of if you get hit, then turn the other cheek. And they're like, well, if you're Christian, then you're a living mat that is to be stepped on. But I think yeah. that the Bible and, and Jesus's teachings isn't about being a walking mat. It's about having prudence, you know, in, in, in applying God's teachings, in building character, in loving and caring about people. There's ways to do it where it, it, it blesses God and blesses the community around you, but also elevates yeah. you and makes you, in this case, a market differentiator that sets you apart from your competition. Um, so that's amazing to hear. Um, so in your experience at Equinox and at Project Hitch, I know like, I'm a big practitioner of bro science. Please do not be me. <laughs> um, but maybe you, you could offer up a plug, some consulting advice here where in your personal experience, Vanessa, is there a consistent obstacle that stands out for your clients that prevents them from achieving their fitness goals and their sustainable, healthy lifestyle? 
bro science. Just kidding. No, but <laughs> yes, there is a consistent obstacle I see that is not just bro science. So I would say a lot of it has to do with mental barriers. So I would say it's people's mindset that holds them back the most because the most important thing when it comes to health and fitness is consistency. Is consistency. Like you can have a mediocre program. You could be on a mediocre like eating approach, um, mediocre like fitness program. But if you do that consistently, you're going to see like progress and results like three months from now. Then if you did absolutely nothing and like three months from now, you're still at absolutely nothing. So I would say like people's mindset of having something of needing something to be like a hundred percent perfect is, is probably like the biggest obstacle. Um, Mm. I'll also say, let me try to give you like a very pointed example. So like when it comes to eating, um, we all go through instances where we have like a weekend of crazy. Let's say, let's say it's, let's say it's a Sunday and (laughs) I went through, let's say I went through the entire week, um, eating really healthy. And then on a Sunday I for brunch had like, I don't know, like a big pancake, eggs, Benedict, bacon, like crazy brunch stuff. That wasn't what I normally ate that week. And in my mind, (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, like the morning's already lost. I might as well indulge for lunch and dinner and overeat and like, like go a little bit crazy while I'm at it. Yeah. I'd say that mindset is something that a lot of people have that, um, doesn't serve them very well. So like mm. the analogy I like is that's the equivalent of, of um, driving, realizing you have one flat tire and then getting out of the car and slashing the other three tires. Uh, All wow. you had to do was repair that one tire, but yet you went and slashed the other three tires. And so that's the equivalent of like, like eating one not so ideal meal and then saying, you know what? the rest of the day is a wash and I'm just going to wow. treat my day the same as like my brunch. Yeah. So yeah. Oh my I gosh. That's a big mental barrier. Wow. So mindset, mentality, consistency, but then that is so subtle. You know, people don't realize it's not the fact that you decided to have a cheat meal or you messed up once. It's the fact yeah. that you kind of use that as blanket rationale for you to continue down the slippery slope And then it was just like a small little snowflake in the beginning and it grew to be this huge avalanche. Totally. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. But then it's so subtle. Like people don't realize it. And you called it out here, Vanessa, on Saints of San Francisco podcast. (laughs) Yes. Please do not, listeners, Saints. Don't slash the other three tires. If if you can get anything out of today's podcast, remember to not slash the other three tires. Just patch your one tire, patch your one tire and keep driving. That's what I'll say. Yes. Yes. Please do not slash the other three tires. Then you'll be stuck on the freeway. Wow. That's, that's amazingly good advice. It's so subtle that I'm sure a lot of people don't realize it in their own behaviors. 
Um, so, yep, that's free of charge. Vanessa isn't charging you <laughs> for that. So make sure it's you write down good notes. Yeah. Awesome. So I guess the next question that I want to, to, to get into. Um, so, so you've connected a lot of things behind church as one of your succeeding factors. Um, so I kind of want to go past that a little bit. Um, you were once my community group leader. Um, and boop, boop. you know, at 99, we have something called uh, the credo. Um, and we're not going to get too deeply involved with that. Maybe we can talk about it on a different episode. But I remembered um, that you spoke in front of our church about your credo and what, what it was about. And from there, there were a lot of stories that you shared with our church. Um, that was, I think for you at the time, incredibly painful, painful and excruciating. Yeah. And, and even for myself, who's hearing it, I'm kind of like a low-key sociopath and I don't really have feelings. <laughs> and Just in that low moment, key. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, I called myself out. But I felt it. I felt the heaviness of it. But then beyond that, you know, you told about how you came out victorious and it kind of was like, you put me through this emotional roller coaster. Um, so talking a little bit about that and then please let me know if we're getting a little bit too personal, but how to you end up pushing through those struggles, which at one point hit you all at once coincidentally yeah. and end up thriving? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah. Um, so during that time, so it was a time right after college where I had graduated um, with no real job. And, you know, it's like kind of after college and everyone, and I remember hearing like all my other friends and peers with all these like great jobs living in the city and doing all these cool things. I graduated with no real job. I moved back home to live with my parents because I didn't have any money, didn't have a job. And I was in this really just stuck place. And so let me give you a snapshot into what that time period looked like. So my days, I would wake up at 2 p.m., anywhere from 2 p.m., no, anywhere from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., um. Um, and I would sleep at, like, 5 a.m., and I remember, like, my sleep schedule was so off because everything I was doing during the day was just, like, consumption of information, where I was just, like, surfing the internet. I was like watching TV. I was like trying to apply to jobs, but like not really. I was just kind of wasting life away. Mm -hmm. I would consume information. Then in the evening, I would drive to that boyfriend's apartment, hang out with him, um, and then drive home at like midnight, then like go on the computer, watch TV again, fall asleep at 5 a.m., wake up at like noon and like do it all over again. It was just like a cycle that always repeated. And man, it was like, I mean, I was so stuck and it was so just like 
excruciatingly difficult and painful. And I just remember like, I felt like I had no purpose. I couldn't break myself out of this cycle of like Mm. depression and of just like, what was I really living for? Like I, I wasn't doing anything with my life. And I remember it wasn't until I started to take responsibility for a lot of my actions and my decisions that things started to really change in my life. And um, I, I know like we are the product of our circumstances. We are the product of our chemistry, of our community. Um, But like, we always have a choice. And I think like what I've learned now is that you can, you can acknowledge that there is like, um, there are like circumstances beyond our control. Like, but you can also acknowledge that like you have personal responsibility to make a choice and to like try to pull yourself out of it. And so from that period, like that was a period of time after I took responsibility that my um, fitness really started to grow. And so even though I always had my background um, with, you know, sports medicine and physical therapy, nutrition, it wasn't until like I was pulling myself out of that period that I really started taking working out seriously, eating yeah. healthy seriously. And I tried all these different things uh-huh. um, that led me to where I am today. And so I remember the credo that I ended up writing out was, was God created me to coach those who feel powerless and stuck to take ownership of their lives so that they can grow into healthier, more fulfilled people. Wow. Yeah. And I I feel like that was birthed out of this like very painful experience. And so I, I think it's a reminder that like, again, it's what I said in the beginning, you look back and you see how all the pieces fit you look back and see how God used that painful experience to propel you into something greater that you can then help other people for. And so, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Um, Yeah. Sorry. Just taking a moment to, to take that all in and let it all sink in exactly how it comes full circle. Wow. So, so man, eventually you pulled yourself out of that toxic cycle, but uh, you just mentioned that you are a product of your environment, your circumstance. And I'm sure there's, things that were outside of your control. Have you forgiven yourself or others or the situation and kind of moved on? Or are there certain things that you still carry with you either for the better as in like it was um, a lesson or, or for the worse, which is like, I'm still going to carry it with me. It's going to be a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. That's going to, power me forward or I don't know. Yeah, that is such a great question. So I will say short answer is 
yes, I have mostly forgiven myself and others and moved on. Um, I say mostly because I feel like in our, in our minds, it, it can be such a daily battle, like thoughts that come in and out. I think the times that I feel most discouraged is when I think about those times and instead of feeling encouraged in remembering what God has done in my life, and how he's delivered me from those moments. When I feel discouraged is when I feel a lot of shame yeah. about like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I spent two years like sleeping at 5 a.m. and waking up at noon, like without a job. Oh my gosh, I can't believe like I um, did this or this did that. And it's it's those moments that we always have to, or that I always have to fight. And yeah. There's a verse from Philippians 3, 3.13 that I literally like wrote down in my journal and I bookmarked and I will read from time to time. And it's, I'll read it here. It's, um, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue mm-hmm. as my goal, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. And I just constantly have to preach that to myself to forget what's behind and then look at what's ahead. Yeah. And I feel like it's such a, it's like an endurance thing, having the endurance to keep looking forward to what's ahead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me personally, it's hard to reconcile things in the past, especially for things that I had no control over. You know, um, but I think it's so easy for us to fall into this mode of being regretful and bitter, especially about things that we think were outside of our control. And it was really circumstance and coincidence, just the luck of the draw, you know, the cards you've been dealt. But, you know, kind of flipping around that perspective and saying it's more of an endurance game. It's about sure all these things happen but spend your energy wisely and intentionally looking forward into the future knowing that there was a past but being expectant about what's coming forward so i guess has it has it been how's the reconciliation process been for you throughout these years i mean just kind of following suit after philippines 313 Um, What's that process been like for you from then until now? Yeah, I would say um, it's been a process where, again, I'll go back to what I said. You look back and you see how all the pieces fit. And I say that because I I think it's hard to pinpoint exact moments or to to give a concrete answer because I think so much of my healing and reconciliation has been a process because quiet times, prayer, worship, communion with God, the more I do those things and it becomes this spiritual discipline, this habit that I do, the more it transforms me where I look back and I see like, well, when did this happen? (laughs) And that's kind of similar to like, it's kind of similar to like fitness or weight loss. It's like, you know, like the consistency piece that I said, it's like you consistently do something 
And then like one day you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, like everything's different. Wow. And, and um, I'll, I'll say this, I hope it's, I hope it's relevant. And so like when I think about reconciliation, endurance, like forgiveness, things like that, um, in me tying that back to communion with God helped me through that process. I think when we think about communion with God, when we think about quiet times or yeah. prayer, we think that it has to be like this big thing, this like super emotional, like breakthrough all the time. Right, right. But if I were to like look at all of my quiet times and my prayers, and, and I come back to this a lot because I I really love habits. I love the rituals and disciplines. And when I look at quiet times, I would say 80% of my quiet times were like, they were good. They were fine. They were okay. Mm. I just like did it. And like, that was it. And 10% was like spectacular. It was like the breakthrough moment, like the, oh my gosh, like I felt so much conviction. And then like the other 10% was like, man, it was a struggle <laughs> to get through. You know, it's like <laughs> your mind keeps wandering everywhere. You feel like you can't hear God. Like yeah. Bible verses aren't sticking. This worship music like isn't working. Like it's like that 80, 10, 10. Um, and we tend to focus so much on like the 10% spectacular and like the yes. 10%. Yeah. Like the 10% spectacular, but it's really like the 80%. My quiet times were like, good. And I did it. That really makes the most difference. And so I wanted to bring that up. I hope it's relevant because that's the way I think about not only fitness, but it's how I think about like habits and rituals. And I talk a lot about that because I do think we are what we do repeatedly. And if we want mm. um, to go through a reconciliation process, if we want to find healing, if we want forgiveness, and if we want to do it like under God, with God, through God, then we have to do it. And we are what we do repeatedly, which are these like habits and behaviors and rituals. And amen to that. I, I remember, I'm, I'm going to just call that the Vanessa principle, you know, the 80 <laughs> I remember um, I brought that up during CG once. Yeah, about workouts where like 10%, you're amazing, you're hitting PRs, you're, yeah. you're crazy, the endorphins are going, the other 10% is sucky, but what really creates growth and progress is that 80% where it is a grind. Um, no one's going to pat you on the back for it. You're consistently going in day in, day out, yep. maybe feeling like you're doing the same thing, but that's the 80%, the volume that matters. Totally. Um, yeah. and, and, and that applies to, you're saying the Christian faith is well about growing within the Lord and then finding the perspective and the strength and the endurance and the power to continue this reconciliation process or whatever personal process you're going through it's you know starts and ends with that 80 percent although although the other 20 percent is important yeah. Um, yeah but yeah amazing amazing so with that we're coming to a close to episode three of the saints of san francisco podcast is there an additional plug you wanted to add or some uh something last minute that you want to say for our uh, listeners yeah, I will say first the plug. I will say um, we're still in our pilot program for Project Hitch. If you are interested in finding out more, 
uh, please do follow me on Instagram. You'll get updates there at Vanessa V. Lou, L-I-U, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-V-L-I-U is my <laughs> handle. Um, because we are looking for girls who are interested in our program when it launches. Yeah. Maybe we'll do another pilot. We're not sure yet. It depends. But uh, that's my plug for Project Hitch. And I'll, I guess I'll end with this because I, I want to kind of tie back the habits, the behaviors, um, and faith at the same time. Uh, I'll say, don't forget, don't slash the other three tires. That's really important. <laughs> but I will also say, um, I will say emotions create habits. Yeah. And, and when you think about um, working out more consistently, eating healthier or being able to finally like consistently, consistently spend time in prayer with God. Think about feeling successful and feeling good at the end of it because Mm. positive emotions will reliably create habits. And so I'll, I'll end with that. Awesome. Awesome. Could you say that one more time for our listeners? Emotions create habits is what you want to remember. And so when you are looking to create a habit, whether it's working out consistently, eating healthier, um, doing consistent quiet time prayer with God, think about the positive emotions. Think about feeling successful after you do it and, and, that will help you create the momentum that you need to do it more consistently. Wow. And there you have it, folks. Saints, thank you so much for tuning in to um, episode three of the Saints of San Francisco podcast. Vanessa, thank you so much for volunteering your time, um, your energy, and your thoughts. Um, You know, I just wanted to say that you're such an inspiration for myself, and I'm sure you're an inspiration and a motivation for a lot of other people, uh, not just your clients that you're actively helping find uh, sustainability in health and fitness, but also for everyone in the 99 community, as well as I'm sure our listeners listening to this content. So thank you again, Vanessa, for coming on. And hopefully next season or next year, we'll have you on and we can get a little update about your personal life, your, your, uh, and, and also your endeavors with Project Hitch. Yes, that would be so fun. Thank you, Isaac. This was so much fun. And I really appreciate you doing all of this. Awesome. With that said, Saints, have a great day and we'll catch you next time on episode four. Hey, Saints. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of the Saints of San Francisco podcast. We'll catch you next week, Saturday.